Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you. Unfiltered talk and the hardcore truth. 
Mega, mega, mega. shutdown still. 
you know, and, and the State of the Union battle, uh, Trump and Pelosi going back and forth. Um, you know, obviously they still have not come to an agreement uh, with the wall situation. Pelosi is back acting very oppositional, irresponsible. Uh, you know, people in her own party are even asking her to, you know, make some sort of deal so they can reopen the government. But, you know, it's very simple. Trump's not going to sign anything unless it includes border wall funding. And he said it, you know, for over a month now, and he's not going to cave. You know, if anybody's going to cave, it's going to be the Democrats because they, you know, they don't really have a, of a choice. I mean, if you really look at all the dynamics and all the aspects of this whole situation, Trump is on offense, and he's proving that right now. You know, and I've said this on my show many times, and I'll say it again. Trump knows politicians better than politicians know themselves. Trump's been playing their games for so long. I mean, he's always 100 steps ahead of them. I mean, it's like a game to him. I mean, he, he can play this all day long, and, you know, they can keep trying to act tough, the Democrats, like they're going to, you know, uh, stand tall and, and uh, go against Trump. But it's not going to fly at the end of the day. They're going to have to come to some sort of an agreement, and Trump's going to get that wall, you know. Uh, but I want to play this clip. Uh, Trump earlier today – uh, was talking about just this whole situation and putting everything to, into perspective, you know, uh, letting the American people know that he's still fighting for us and, you know, all the different things he's doing. So, uh, one four, here's a clip. Are you open to the idea of the temporary spending the government? Well, one of the ideas suggested is they open it, they pay a sort of a, a prorated down payment for the wall, which I think people will agree that you need. You need the wall. In fact, I see a lot of the Democrats are all, almost all of them are breaking and saying, look, walls are good, walls are good. Big difference from what you had two or three weeks ago. And uh, the vote, we had the vote on our bill, which we won 50 to 47. That was our bill. But we got one Democrat. It was 50 to 47. And we need, as you know, we have to get 60. We don't have 60 votes, so we need Democrat support. We didn't get Democrat support other than uh, from a actually wonderful man, as you know, Senator Manchin. And uh, who's doing the right thing for his people? I mean, he's doing the right thing for West Virginia, frankly. And uh, the other bill, it was 5244, and that included a lot of uh, hurricane relief for a lot of different states. So it's sort of uh, not something some of them really voted for the hurricane relief, which they felt they needed. That was 52-44, but you need 60, so that didn't go anywhere. So we knew they both were uh, not going to go anywhere, we thought. And now Mitch is negotiating with uh, Chuck Schumer, and we'll see what happens. I think they just left a the meeting. They just had a meeting. I think they're going out to see their people, but they just left. So we had two bills. I think we did very well. The Republicans held except for two. The Republicans held. Two were not there. They couldn't. They weren't able to be there. So there were two non-votes. Uh, but even with two non-votes, I think they would have been good votes for us. It's 50 to 47. We won. But we need 60 votes because of the 60-vote rule. And so uh, I just really want to thank the Republicans for holding. Uh, again, on the other one, that was the opening up. That's 52-44, but you need 60 votes, so it's a long way short. And a lot of that, a lot of those votes were based on the fact that uh, there was hurricane relief for certain states. 
But well, would you need for a reopen of temporary spending without money for the wall? Would you just, just to reopen? Well, I wouldn't be happy with it. I wouldn't be happy. But we have a lot of alternatives. Honestly, we have everybody. Look, for the most part, people agree when I say everybody. Uh, I would say almost everybody agree. We have to have border security. We have to have a wall in order to have border security. You cannot have border security without a wall. I mean, we can play games and we can talk about technology. We can talk about drones flying around. You know, right now, formed is an 8,000-person uh, caravan. And the caravan is heading our way. Congratulations. We have another one. We stopped the first one. We stopped the second one. Uh, I wouldn't say that Tijuana is too happy, but they're happily living in Tijuana right now. And uh, a lot of them have gone back. But we stopped them. But it's very tough. And if we didn't have a wall in those areas, it would have been very hard to stop them. We have the military and we have the Border Patrol. They've done an incredible job. And ICE has done an incredible job all over the country, frankly. Uh, we've removed thousands of MS-13 and others out of our country. But if we had a wall, we wouldn't have that problem. It would be great. So uh, we have a lot of alternatives. But I'm just honored that uh, almost all of the Republicans voted for our bill. Our bill is the bill that we were really focused on. But we had almost all of the Republicans, so the end result was 50 to 47. Uh, the Democrats lost one uh, that came over to our side. So they pretty much held, and we held. And again, we were missing two Republicans. They couldn't vote. They were not here. Well, I, I have to find out. After this meeting, we'll find out. But right now, uh, Mitch McConnell's meeting with Chuck Schumer, and Steve, they'll have to see what happens. Uh, they're meeting to see if they can work out something, maybe on a temporary basis, where we start. But I have, you know, we have a lot of alternatives. There are a lot of people that want this to happen. I'll tell you who wants this to happen. The military wants this to happen. Because this is a virtual invasion of our country, of drugs, of human traffickers, of so many different things, of criminals. It's an invasion of our country. And the military wants this to happen. And the Border Patrol wants this to happen. And by the way, Border Patrol said all of the drones flying up in the air, having a lot of fun flying drones all over the place. They don't mean a thing when they look down and they see thousands of people rushing our border. The only thing that works is a strong barrier or wall. I have not. I haven't spoken to Nancy Pelosi, no. No, but I'm here, you know. I haven't left except for a beautiful evening in Iraq. I've been here for a, I've been here for a long time. Mr. President, you see Wilbur Ross said that he doesn't understand why federal workers would need help getting food. Can you understand? No, I haven't, I haven't heard the statement, but I, I do understand that perhaps he should have said it differently. Uh, local people know who they are when they for, go for groceries and everything else. And I think what Wilbur is probably trying to say is that uh, they will work along. I know banks are working along. If, if uh, you have mortgages, the mortgagees, the mortgage, uh, the folks collecting the interest and all of those things, they work along. And that's what happens in time like this. They know the people, they've been dealing with them for years, and they work along the grocery store. Uh, and I think that's probably what Wilbur Ross uh, meant, but I haven't seen a statement now. But he's done a great job, I will tell you that. Yes. Well, I just want to know, aren't you worried to leave the American diplomats behind? Well, we're looking at Venezuela. It's a very sad situation. Uh, that was the richest state in all of that area. That's a big, beautiful area, and by far the richest. And now it's uh, one of the poorest places in the world. That's what socialism gets you, when they want to raise your taxes to 70%. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I've been watching 
our opponents, our future opponents, talking about 70%. Number one, they can't do it for 70%. It's got to be probably twice that number. But maybe more importantly, what happens is you really have to study and take a look at what's happened to Venezuela. It is a very, very sad situation. So uh, we have our eye very closely on Venezuela, very closely. Well, it depends what the agreement is. I mean, yeah, but if they come to a reasonable agreement, I would support it. Yeah. Even if there's no wall money, or does it have to have wall money? I, I only look. Look, uh, I have other alternatives if I have to, and I'll use those alternatives if I have to. Uh, we want to go through the system. Uh, we have to have a wall in this country. We have criminals pouring yep. into our country, and I'm not talking about the southern border. They don't stay there. They go through. They permeate all throughout the country including places like Wisconsin, a lot of, a lot of different places. And um, that's the problem. I say that we would cut our crime. You know, we're doing very well on crime rate compared to past years and past administrations. But I think our crime rate would go way down. And I know our drug rates, our drug, what, what's happening is the drugs are pouring in. And yes, they come through the ports of entry, but the big trucks come through areas where you don't have a wall and you have wide open spaces. We have to have the wall. You'd stop drugs. You'd stop human trafficking. I mean, human trafficking where they tie up women and they put duct tape in their mouths and they put them in the backseat of a car or in a van. They don't come through a port of entry because the people at the port of entry are going to see that. That's not like hiding drugs in the engine or in the hubcaps and they have incredible, ingenious ideas. I mean, frankly, I've said some of these people are so genius. If they were ever legit, they'd become um, very rich people. But what they do is they go through the ports of entry with small stuff. But the big stuff comes through areas where you have nobody watching. I mean, you have hundreds of miles of open space. And they go out there, and they're loaded up with drugs, or they have women in the backseat of the cars with duct tape all over the place. It's a disgrace. And you don't catch them. They make a left. You don't even know the difference between Mexico and the United States. They make a left turn after they go out 20 miles, 40 miles, five miles in some cases and less. They make a left turn. They're in the United States. And then they do whatever they have to do. You need the wall. And we can all play games and we can all talk about technology. I know more about technology than anybody. If you don't have the wall, the technology doesn't work. First of all, the wall is based on, I mean, it's all based. Any technology works only with the wall. It's not going to work otherwise. You need the wall. In fact, a lot of the technology is put on top of the wall. That's how you see it, the cameras and everything else. I mean, they literally put the technology, they fasten it to the wall. Then you have drone technology, and that's great. In terms of what are you going to do? You're going to follow the people? First of all, once they step into the country, you know what happens, right? You know what they do. It's called, what do they call it, you know? They, they put one foot in our country, right? And we got them. That's it. So the drones don't help us. We have to keep it out. We have, we have no choice but to have a wall or a barrier. And if we don't have that, it's just not going to work. So it's very important to me. All right, one more question. What's your message to federal workers who are missing another paycheck this week? I love them. I respect them. I really appreciate the great job they're doing. Uh, they, you know, many of those people that are not getting paid are totally in favor of what we're doing because they know the future of this country is dependent on having a strong border, especially a strong southern border, because we have tremendous violence and crime coming through that border. 
We have tremendous drugs. We have the human trafficking. We have MS-13 and gangs pouring through those borders. And if we don't strengthen those borders, we're going to have a big problem in the future. One of the people I blame is myself, because the economy is so strong right now, stronger than ever before. Today, today, right now, we have more people working in the United States than has ever worked in this country before. That's a great compliment. So I blame myself, okay? But the fact is, people come up because our country is doing so well, and they want to break through our borders. The fact is, we want them to come up. We have a big, we took in more people last year legally than we have in a long time. Because we need them, because we have a lot of, a lot of companies are coming into our country. So we need people coming in. I want people to come in, but they have to come in legally, and they have to come in through merit. They have to be able to help companies. And if they don't help companies, and if they don't help our country, uh, we can't do that, folks. We just can't do that, all right? Well, it's really her choice. I mean, I would have done it in a different location, but I think that would be very disrespectful to the State of the Union, to pick some other place. I could have done it. I could have gone to a big auditorium and gotten 25,000 people in one day, and you've been there many times. Uh, but I think that would be very disrespectful to the State of the Union. So uh, what she said I thought was actually reasonable. Uh, we'll have the State of the Union when the shutdown is over. And where do you think that's going to be? That I can't tell you. That I can't tell you. But we have a lot of alternatives, but we need border security. Okay. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank wow. Okay. So there you have it, guys. That was a bit of a long clip. But that was President Trump earlier today addressing the media. Obviously, we are over a month into the shutdown, and uh, – like I said earlier, the Democrats, uh, for the most part, I mean, uh, you know, especially Pelosi and Schumer, very oppositional, very oppositional. I mean, they know, and like I said, you know, many times on my program, if they, they're going to have to obviously do this, but they know it once they give in to the wall, that's Trump's biggest promise to his supporters. And I mean, that basically fulfills uh, his entire, in a lot of ways, his entire presidency in so in so many ways that's his big i mean that is his biggest promise that's the thing he ran on when he first started uh you know build the wall build the wall I, this is going to be one of the most um historic things we've ever seen not only in just american history but in in the world once this thing you know gets finalized once this wall starts getting built and trump was able to do this in his first term within two years Unbelievable. And like I said many times on the show, he's fulfilled over 70% of his agenda in, within two years. That's 7-0. Most presidents, when they leave office, don't even fulfill 10%. So it's just miraculous. Um, I do want to introduce – we have a few guests on the line. We have a lot of good stuff going on. Um, first of all, we have attorney, lobbyist, Democratic state senator in Louisiana, and author of the new book, Robert Mueller, Aaron Boy for the New World Order, John Milkovich. How are you, sir? Hey, Rory. How are you? Good to have you here. Good to have you here, sir. Yes, sir. Um, absolutely. And then we have um, foreign policy analysis, oh, uh, political consultant, foreign policy analysis, Middle East observer, war expert, lobbyist, activist, and best-selling author, Kenneth Timmerman. How are you, my friend?
Kenan? No. Um, okay, I, I think we lost Kenneth for a second. Let me uh, introduce... Uh, um, pu- okay, uh, public speak... Wait, hold on. Wait, I'm reading the wrong list right here. Jesus Christ. Okay, here we go. Popular radio shows, popular radio show host, lobbyist, political consultant, strategist, and activist, Clint Bellows. Are you on the line, sir? Yeah, I'm on the line, Rory. How are you tonight? I'm doing well, man. Good to have you here. And I, I believe we have public speaker, lobbyist, and founder of Front- Frontline America, Ben Burkwam. Are you with us? I'm you're, you're with can us? You hear me? Can I, can, can, yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay, perfect. Okay, so I want to start by, you know, let's address, you know, this whole State of the Union thing. Let's address, you know, everything Trump's dealing with in the government. First and foremost, you know, Ben, I want you to talk about, you know, you haven't been on the show in a while, and I want you to kind of discuss with us, you know, you've been all over the place this last week. You were over in D.C. at the Women's March. You were down at the border uh, these last couple days. Uh, give us, like, an overview um, of what's going on. Well, yeah, I was back in D.C. Thanks for having me on, Rory. I was back in D.C. Uh, last Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, we had a uh, Fund the Wall event on Thursday, and then I was there with March for Life on uh Friday and then the vagina hat rally on Saturday, and it's, it's and then down at the uh, the wall this uh, last two days with Arizona Border Recon. The the state of our union is is total polarization. We've got the leftists who have lost their minds completely, and uh, folks on the the right who are torn between uh, reality of where we're at, which is near civil war. And wanting to live with their head in the sand and and keep you know playing this uh, compromise to the point of of suicide. Um, so I you know it's 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 definitely it's an exciting time to be alive in America, but it's also a very dangerous and uh, scary for a lot of people time to be be here as well. So I but I'm I am optimistic that people are finally starting to wake up. And, We'll see resurgence or resurgence of patriotism, freedom, and liberty, and uh, this yes. next generation will uh, yes. rise up and, and take the nation back. Is my my prayer and my hope. You know, you you have you're so gifted, Ben. You have so much political strategy, and, and you're such a, a phenomenal activist. You know, um, to my understanding, you started this when Trump during Trump's campaign, right, in the, just in the last couple of years? Yeah, so I, uh, I've i been involved since I was back in college doing my graduate work, and uh, about 10 years ago I started. A, I, I've been, I've been uh, God's hand has been on my life to be involved in some level of, of activism since I was a kid, but um, it's, you know, it's really blossomed over the last few years into what it is now. Uh, but it took, it took the end in the private sector and running businesses and, and, you know, and being involved in campaigns during college and all the rest of it to kind of have a worldview large enough to be able to communicate and talk about, you know, and, and, and be, uh, be confident enough in, in my understanding of the world to be relevant in the conversation. So, but yeah, the, the, the majority of frontline America has been over the last two plus years, uh, during Trump's the two and a half to three years during Trump's campaign. And so now, yeah, no, no, I hear you. And uh, 
you know, it's um, it really is a phenomenal thing, you know, what you're doing. Just kind of the light you're shining and, you know, everything you're, you're putting out the real news. You know, you're doing all these videos exposing these evil leftists, um, you know, showing, showing who they really are. Um, explain what the border looks like, right? I mean, what, what, are, what are you seeing down there at this point, these last couple of days? It, it's, it's a war zone, and America hasn't realized that we're on one side of it. We're, we've got cartel. We, I was up on a mountain yesterday, uh, yesterday on top of a, yeah. a scout, a cartel scout uh, lookout point. And we actually, we were within feet of one of the cartel scouts. We actually smelled his weed that he had been smoking. We found his campsite where he sits up on top of the mountain and calls out on the radio to the drug traffickers and sex traffickers, human traffickers that are coming up through in America. He's sitting on top of a mountain in America. Uh, We found his uh, carpet shoes that they use to evade uh, detection as they're walking across the roads. We took some of his blankets. We videotaped his campsite and all this. These are the on mountaintops across the the southern border of America. We have cartel scouts positioned 24 seven, 365 days a year. We have border patrol who goes in on you know during shift change and and sometimes during the day. And uh, while we were there, we saw two border patrol agents over a course of two and a half days. Uh, in that area, so it's it, it, they are they are at war with us. They control the high ground, and we haven't realized uh, in the, in America that that this is a war. Uh, it's to say it's a daunting task to figure out what the solutions are is an understatement. Um, it, you know, being down there and actually seeing it, seeing the. The herds of people, we, we went down in the river bottoms, and there are thousands of inlets into America where, where illegal aliens are crossing on a daily basis. We were tracking, you know, shoop, shoop, uh, fresh footprints, and there was probably 20 different sets all down this one river bottom. And then you go over to the next valley, and there's another 20. And so it's, it's, it's daunting, to say the least. The, the solution or solutions are simple. It's you know, it's it's coming to the realization that we are at war, and take and, and coming from that perspective, to to win a war, you have to take ground. You don't cede ground. You have to control the high ground, and you have to uh, be present all the time. Don't you know when we were fighting the wars, uh, World War One and World War Two? Imagine if one side had just every every eight hours gotten out gotten out of the trenches, and for two hours they were you know while the next shift change was coming in, the trenches were just abandoned. Well, obviously that side wouldn't win the war. And that's pretty much what we're doing down there. We need to build the wall. We need more uh, uh, solid barriers to be able to funnel these people into smaller areas to be able to control and manage uh, what's going on. But we also need to do things in America that nobody's talking about, like E-Verify and and fining and criminalizing the businesses that are hiring the illegals. If we just stopped the, the invitations... You know, if we quit sending invitations to Central and South America and Mexico saying, hey, you come up here, you get a job, you get free health care, you get education, you get all. If we, if we ended those programs in America, we wouldn't really need the wall because they wouldn't have any reason to come here. But in the meantime, we do need a wall because those, you know, they're so ingrained in our society that, uh, that that's a much longer prospect to actually get those things done. So it's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy to be down there. But it's not any crazier than the 
the vagina hat wearing men, men, women, you know, in, in Washington, D.C., screaming at me saying, love, not hate, love, not Ugh. hate. And, and, I mean, it was just, you know, it's, it's what we've become. It's just we're, a, we're an insane society full of uh, idiots that are running the place, and people with common sense no longer seem to exist. So, so I, tell, uh, me, tell, it's, tell it's, me about it's an honor to be able to do what I do. Yeah, but tell me about – okay, so you're at this woman's march. Uh, just tell me the experience. I mean, I mean, I know these are all loonies. I mean, these are beyond. I mean, they live in a different universe. But uh, bad odor, you know, obviously there was a lot of bad odor, I can imagine. Um, you know, and, and just, just the way they converse with people. It's like if you don't agree yeah. with them, they'll start attacking you. These women are nuts. Yeah, within, within five minutes of being there, I got attacked by – I think it was a woman, and I think uh, and her I assumed uh, boyfriend. I don't know. She. Uh, I, mean, I was offering. <laughs> you know, who wears free the, hugs. Unbelievable. the woman wears the pants in that relationship. The guy is uh, like is the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know Keep going, Ben. So, I was making a joke. <laughs> no, yeah. So uh, she, she, he, whatever it was, offered. So I was offering free hugs to these uh, feminazis. And, uh, you know, just to try to get the estrogen levels down. I also had Trump chocolates in case any of them were PMSing. And, um, you know, I was offering to hand those out as well. Beans but, have know, a lot of estrogen in them. Beans do? Yeah, they're high in estrogen. You need to, you need to avoid beans if you've got a testosterone issue. Well, that's uh, but good most to know. Yes, they're probably. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, 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 you're, you're cracking me up. This is, this is, uh, it's really so, funny, so yeah. but what's so tragically true? So keep going, Ben. It is, it is. So yeah, so so I was, uh, you know, I was out there. I had my sign that said, uh, "You love Trump." Hashtag Me Too. And then on the other side, white women not welcome, or white women not allowed because they canceled some of the events in California because there were too many white women at them. And it was just, I mean, it was insane. So I got, I got attacked within the first five minutes, and then I, I proceeded to go down to where the main march was going on. Then they, they sent their little thugs out to follow me around, who by the end were kind of laughing at what, you know, what we were talking about, and, and they were out there screaming at me. At one point, uh, the lady, this girl, was screaming, "Love not hate," like I said, but with the most hateful look on her face. And then they were chanting. Uh, if you don't have ovaries, you can't speak. And um, I, I, it was just, I mean, it, it's, it's incomprehensible to think that this is what our nation's become and that this is what women want to be, that somehow that this is what we would esteem our, our young women to be. And as a father of two girls, I was, I, it's, sad, it's sad to see this. And so I was just down there saying, you know, trying, trying to have rational conversations and talk about how it's not your body. Uh, it's it's yeah. it's a separate living being, and you don't have the right, right to kill it just because you want to. And uh, and unfortunately, right. you know, they're just they can't handle it. They can't handle that truth being presented to them. And I was actually down there, you know. Now what, what's crazy is think about all this stuff that's going on. We're being undermined from within. We have open porous borders where thousands of pounds of drugs are crossing every day. Sex trafficking is occurring. Um, all of this is going on. And what has the news been for the, for the last week? It's been a young boy with a Trump hat uh, from a Catholic school standing his ground against a thug that was banging his drum in his face. That's all we hear about when all, all around us, America is falling apart, yet the mainstream media wants to focus on 
a MAGA hat wearing kid who was quiet, quietly observing this this uh, in- intimidator that was sitting there with his drum. And I yeah. saw that same guy in front of the White House who was doing the exact same thing. And you don't, you know, luckily I'm not easily intimidated, but he was doing the exact same thing. This guy's a, a thug punk used by the left to push this narrative right. that somehow if you right. if you uh, represent a Native American, and you, somehow you are infallible and nobody can, you know, you can't even stand silently in front of him. I was being doing, I was I mean, doing it's crazy. Insane. Ben, I was doing crazy about this the other day on my show. You know, this Native American guy, uh, he's a known left-wing activist. Like you said, uh, he's been to many of the left-wing events. Uh, he's been known to attack Republicans. He's been known. Uh, he just this past weekend marched into a Catholic church with his Native buddies banging the drums like an asshole. And uh, I'm surprised nobody didn't stick that drum up his ass where it belongs. But you know what? I'm really getting tired of it. Just the you know the entitlement and the victim mentality that they carry these these left wing nut jobs, but they initiate the attack. I mean, they always do. Yeah, yeah, they always do. And what's what's interesting to me is the fact that that more people haven't gotten wise to it. I think they are getting wise to it. I mean, as soon as this story came out, it got blasted, it got attacked. I was one of the ones. I you know I said I was there. I saw this guy. He's a scumbag. He was doing this. To me, to other people, like this, this story is complete nonsense. And luckily, there was some backlash on it. But for years, they've been able to get away with this. This is what this was the left wing playbook. We find one of our trophy victims, and we go out there and we make them look like a victim. We call you out. We create a story that you know uh, didn't actually happen, and then we push our, our lapdog media to push it out there as if it's this big news story. And and all the while, yeah. America is ignorant to the fact that yeah. we're being destroyed from within. And I'm watching this whole thing yeah. saying, well, that's why we're losing, because this is, this is what is being reported. This is what truly, you know, the truth of what's happening. The real news yeah. is just completely ignored. Now, how was, how was – you were at the pro-life event, too, in D.C., the big march, the march for Our Lives event. How was that? It was amazing. It was amazing. Hundreds of thousands of people. I was at the front. I was actually filming the front banner as they marched up Constitution Avenue to the Supreme Court. After we were done, I went an hour later, I went back down Constitution Avenue. I was about three quarters of a mile away from where we ended in front of the, in front of the Supreme Court. And the yep. line of people from, stretching from uh, uh, sidewalk to sidewalk on Constitution Avenue was still yeah. farther than I could see. I mean, right. it was incredible. And, and, again, the tragedy of it is, was the reporting. Where was the media? Yeah. You know, the media right. minimizes this event that had hundreds yeah. of thousands of peaceful people standing up yeah. for a noble reason. And when we talk about, you know, these idiots that were chanting love, not hate, you wanted to see love, yeah. you went there on Friday and watched the March for Life. You want to see hate, you right. go there on Saturday and watch the crazy leftists. And, and the fact yeah. that the media completely distorts it and even goes so far as to ignore the, act, you know, the beauty of what happened on Friday and twist it yeah. to, to make it out to be like yeah. these kids were somehow bad when they weren't even bad. Right. I mean, it's just, it, it blows the mind. It's, it's mind-boggling. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, this Native American guy who picked on these high schoolers, 
he's got a, a long uh, criminal record, and uh, he's also lied about being in Vietnam. Uh, I'm sure many people have picked up on that, but the guy's a known liar. He's a pathological liar. He's been, uh, you know, there's no credibility with this guy whatsoever. But the liberal media thinks he's Superman and the victim, and they think uh, these white Catholic school kids have that white privilege. We know that term they always use. So pathetic. Uh, Josh, I know you have thoughts, buddy. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, just talking about the way that the the life walk wasn't publicized, I mean, I barely saw anything on social media about it except for my friends that were there. I mean, there weren't many stories that were going around besides the ones being shared by the people that were there or by, you know, real news organizations. It's 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 really sad that we you know that hundreds of thousands of people can get together to march to try to save save lives of the save the lives of these babies, but then the you know the day the next day you know another large amount of people can march for pretty much the opposite of the same thing the idea that you can kill as many of those babies as want and, and at whatever time you want, as long as it's in the womb. It really shows the, not only the divide of our country, but the amount of the, you know, basically a denial of science by one whole side of the equation that they're saying that something isn't a child or is a child. I mean, it, murder is murder. And uh, the people that believe that's not murder, it's, uh, you know, they're putting a stain on our country that, uh, it's going to be – it's impossible to wash off, but we have to put an end to it. Can, can I add one thing to that, Josh? Yeah, so go ahead. Not only, do they, sure. not only do they want to kill babies in the womb, I actually had a woman admit to me who said she had had four kids. Because I, I kept asking that, when does life start? When does life start to you? Is it at heartbeat? Is it at brain function? Is it at, you know, is it at the sensation of pain? Is it when the, the hands and the feet develop? When does it start for you? I had one woman actually tell me, that she believes in uh, post-birth abortion. This woman admitted that she had had four kids post-birth. So it's it's infanticide. So does Andrew Cuomo, by the way. Yeah, so they they believe in killing, because their argument is, well, if the baby couldn't survive on its own outside the womb, then we have a right Mm. to kill it. Well, guess what? A baby can't survive on its own outside the womb for several years before. Absolutely. these people actually believe, some of them actually, and they admitted to it on camera that they believe in post-birth abortion. And I, I mean, well, that's the evil. That's the evil that we're up against. And he's absolutely right, Josh. And it wasn't hundreds of thousands on Friday and similar numbers on Saturday. It was hundreds of thousands on Friday and maybe 10,000 on Saturday. The numbers maybe, I mean, maybe double that. But it was a fraction of the number of people that got, uh, you know, uh, Ten times the coverage, if not more, yeah. than what actually happened on Friday. That is so disgusting. Well, you know, and oh, just yeah. to add to that real quick, the the not only do people say that, you know, when it can survive outside the womb on, by its own, I've had people tell me that they believed until it became a functioning member of society. Right. A functioning <laughs> member of society. First off, when the Jeez. hell is that? Because that doesn't answer my question. <laughs> And second yeah. off, what, what, there are people that die and qu- could potentially never be called a functioning member of society. I mean, we have a, a, a minority leader in the Senate 
that's debatably a functioning member of society. I'm not advocating to kill Chuck Schumer. I think that would be a little, uh, <laughs> a, a little barbaric. Um, but, He's already you know, dead. The idea, well, you know, that, that's, a, that's a separate point. But, you know, the, the, level, the level of insanity on the left is, uh, is unfathomable. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, no, it is true. It is so true. Um, Gianni, I'm going to go to you, and then I'm going to uh, get to – actually, let's go to Valerie, then Gianni. Valerie. Well, yeah, I, I'm going to pass on the whole <laughs> last conversation. But I want to talk about what's going on in the House and the Senate because it's really upsetting to me. I live in Washington, D.C. And you know all in, about in this. You used to work for Ronald Reagan, and you still work on the Hill, so you know all about this. Yeah. I was down there yesterday, and, um, you know, it's just really upsetting to me that politics is more important than the people. You know, it's like Nancy Pelosi will stop at nothing just to get the president, you know, so that she can say, I beat the president. And it has nothing, you know, her policy and the way she's acting has nothing to do with who she represents, you know, her people, her constituency. And, in fact, there are so many members of the House that disagree with what she's doing. It's almost like she's a one-person show, and she's making up her decision on her own without other members of Congress. And I just really resent the whole thing because, you know, in the past when Obama was president, many, many of these of these Congress people, including her, including Nancy Pelosi, were in favor of a wall. And it's so it's so clear that it's it's all politics. Yep. And it just yeah. it just makes it makes the whole thing worse. It makes you know they just look like immature little children, and yeah. um, it's just very upsetting to me because I take I moved from Colorado to this area to to serve my country, and it's like they're wasting my time. They're wasting taxpayer <laughs> dollars, and and they're keeping yeah. people out of work for you know they're only twenty five percent, but the contractors need to work. Um, I just feel like they're, you know, Nancy Pelosi is taking advantage of her position, and she's only at it for a couple of weeks. And, and um, you make a good point. Trump good has point, done Gallo. everything he can to make a deal, and they just won't come to the table. They're too busy partying in Puerto Rico. Sorry, go and ahead. And here, here, and you make a great point, and and I'm, I want to get back to Ben here in a second. But Valerie, you, you make you make a great point. It is all about politics, and I've been saying that, and and I've been saying that. If they give him this wall, they know that that's, they're giving him his biggest campaign accomplishment and promise that he uh, said to his supporters. So this is basically uh, pretty much, uh, in, a, in a strong sense, uh, fulfilling the, the Trump legacy to the greatest. I mean, to the greatest extent. He's I mean, this is the biggest. What? He's going to get it without them. He can do it. Oh, it's oh, just yeah. he wants to oh, have yeah. the Congress behind oh, yeah. him. He can still do it yeah. without him. Oh, of course, of course. I mean, he's just waiting for them to see if they're going to be make a deal with him and, and, and be civil about it. Otherwise, he's just going to declare a state of emergency, like he's talking about. And he's also he's got some other options. He said he's looking into a whole bunch of different things. So uh, this is going to get funded. There's no doubt about that. But. Um, you know, the fact that the Democrats are this bitter and they know that they can't, uh, they can't outdo him or outsmart him drives them crazy. Because they wanted the wall I years cannot, ago. We know. Uh, Go ahead. I cannot imagine 
that this will not backfire. It's oh, it will. Too, it, it's too far gone. To, to and un- like I said, like I said on my un- show many right? times, you know, these people that elected uh, these Democrats into the House and into the Senate, you know, they they're under the impression these voters that they're going to go after and impeach Trump. But you know, once these uh, Democrats in the Senate and and in the House. After two years in 2020, they, they have nothing, and they spent all their time trying to impeach Trump rather than focus on policy. Eh, it's not going to look too good for him. I can tell you that much. Uh, that's for damn sure. Uh, Gianni, though, go ahead. And then I, w- I want to get to um, – what are your thoughts, though, buddy? Yeah, you know, so I, I just – Gianni out of New York. So and Gianni, you're in New York, so you know all about the yeah. liberalism. You, you know all about what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And I went to NYU. So that's liberal liberalism capital right there. Um, our country is just in a hellhole. Like this isn't about politics anymore. For me, it's not in my opinion. It's not about politics anymore. It's it's all about the culture of America. And I know Peter Peter Kreitz made a quote where he said in the age of rel- relativism, orthodoxy is the only possible rebellion left. And I mean, if you just look at, you know, the gender you know, equality stuff, you know, with, oh, I know I look like a man, but I feel like a woman or, you know, vice versa <laughs> and all this other stuff. You know, it's, I mean, it's just ridiculous. It, it, it really is ridiculous. And it's anti-science, which the left likes to bring up science so much. There's so much yep. against it. You know, America right. right now, where we are, we better thank God for Trump because I see a yeah. lot of uh, equality, not equality, I wouldn't say equality, but I would say I see likeness to the fall of Rome. Because if you look at Rome, you know, illegal immigration, you know, was a big part of the thing that brought Rome down. You know, uh, the culture that was dropping their standard, you know, that's how Rome fell. And I just really think that right now it's all about the culture of America. And, you know, as far as the shutdown, you know, it really hurts me to see people, you know, struggle. Um, but mm-hmm. I believe that you know the end the end result is going to be good because we need this wall built. Um, right. No, and and when it comes to the abortion thing, you know, I always said I'm a person who believes that life starts you know when the heart beats. You know, but what New York did yesterday was totally disgusting, man. I mean, I as a New Yorker, you know, I I'm so shocked, and it really makes me disgusted with the state where I want to leave. Um, that they right. were. You know, for any reason, you could just go up to an abortion clinic and say, oh, well, see, they didn't say anything about the mother's life in danger. That is not what they said. They said health reasons, which can be anything. You could just say, oh, well, you know, the kid, you know, he has a a problem with, you know, the way he looks and something like that. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, he's uh, mentally retarded. So guess what? I don't want him anymore. And that's literally giving the possibility where a woman can even say, hey, I was raped and she can lie about it still get an abortion so i mean it's so many loopholes through this whole argument for me um i want to you you make a great point and i want to i want to get to uh attorney lobbyist democratic state senator in louisiana and like i said again the author of the new book if you haven't read it you must get it robert Mueller, aaron boy for the new world order and john milkovich you know what i respect so much about you man is that you are bringing the jfk style back to the democratic party you're bringing that back to the surface you know there's there's not too many uh joe liebermans and jfks anymore uh but you man are bringing you know the 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 moderate you know the 
back. I mean, and you're all pro-life and it's just amazing, man, how, how you're, you know, writing the, this book too, that basically all the Democrats think Mueller is the bad guy, but you just want to, you know, expose the truth about, uh, you know, Mueller. Uh, you know, what I meant to say was how Mueller is, is this, is this saint to the Democrats, but you're exposing the corruption and the badness of Mueller. And uh, it just, it speaks so much volume. It's such a, such a blessing and a breath of fresh air to have a Democrat actually write a book about how corrupt Robert Mueller is and that actually believes in, in all the pro-Trump policies. I, I admire it. Well, I, I don't know if you believe in all of Trump's policies, but you've said majority of them. But, but yeah. Well, you're very, you're very kind, Rory. It's been very interesting uh, talking to people in the wake of uh, our, the book, uh, Robert Mueller, Aaron Boy for the New World, talking to people – uh, very interesting that people, without me, uh, you know, putting words in people's mouth, other um, analysts and people that are watching what's going on in America are are themselves drawing the comparison between Donald Trump and John Kennedy. And, and yep. listen, I know that that comparison would make some people. If angry, you look, but, if you look at their policies, though, they're very identical. But keep going. Well, and the the ultimate reality is that they're both outsiders. Um, and yes, I'm aware that uh, John Kennedy's father, Joe, did have inroads in, and have connections with people in the the uh, mafiosa underworld, and that's just a historical fact. But interestingly enough, when the Kennedys got in power, and I'm going to bring this around. I don't want to loop too far out of the out of our conversation here. When the Kennedys got yeah. in power, they actually went after the mob. They went after corruption and yep. organized labor. And, and I said all that yep. to say this. John Kennedy was an outsider, and he was killed by – really, it was a organized coup of uh, oh, yeah. powerful interests, you know, LBJ, uh, the famous party at uh, Clint Murchison's house the night before he was murdered, Johnson's uh, mistress, Madeline Brown talking very openly after the assassination about how LBJ really uh, said before and after the murder that that, that he was going to take uh, John Kennedy out. And we, we see some of whoa, the same... Whoa, 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 whoa. Back, back up just a little bit. Back up just a little bit. So are you confirming with us on the air, because I've had this suspicion for the longest time, and people like to call it a conspiracy theory, but a lot of people think it's true... LBJ had something to do with JFK's death. Don't you agree? Fair to say. Oh, yeah. You know, Roger Stone has said it, but author after author after author. Uh, let's see, Mr. Ross from Texas. It's very well documented yep. that Johnson's uh, mistress, Madeline Brown, uh, was at that party the night before the assassination. Uh, I'll wow. tell you who wasn't there, John Kennedy. I'll tell you who was there was among others, Clint Murchison, J. Edgar Hoover, John J. McCloy, LBJ, Richard Nixon, um, you know, the who's who. And, you know, she said that the men retired to the cigar room of Clint Murchison's house and and uh, and had a meeting. You know, no women were, were – women were in that room of, uh, where the, of the house where the party was going on. And after the meeting, LBJ stormed out red-faced and said, after tomorrow, you won't have to worry about – Blank, blank, blank John Kennedy anymore. But I, I said all that to say this. 
your Dr. Corsi has very clearly stated that uh, the deep state people are trying to discredit uh, Donald Trump in the media. They're trying to impeach him politically. They're trying to indict him legally. And they're trying to destroy him in the public image with the Russian collusion ruse. Excuse the expression. Uh, But Dr. Corsi said, look, in his book, Killing the Deep State, the deep state wants to take Donald Trump out, and if it doesn't happen politically, legally, through um, impeachment, through discrediting him in the in the public mind, that that they intend to, you know, it's they want to kill the president. And Phil Mudd is the top assistant to um, to Mueller at the FBI. He flat out went on national TV. And said that government agents are going to kill this guy. He said said that on CNN. So the point is this, and and I know there's plenty of differences in personality and policy, but uh, John Kennedy and Donald Trump are both outsiders. They're both cut from a different cloth. They're not part of the establishment. People can say, "Well, right." And even and if Kennedy if Kennedy were alive today. Everybody knows he would be a conservative and pro-Trump. He would, Kennedy would not align with the Democratic Party. There's no way in today's society. Yeah, and you know, and, and I think there are some discernible differences between his views and those of Donald Trump. But but I think what the commonality is. By the way, I, I talked about this earlier today, Roy. This is a John Kennedy story that gets lost all the time, and that was the night that the Japanese battleship. Um, cut his PT-109 in half, John, uh, one of the sailors was disabled. John Kennedy took the life strap of his life jacket in his teeth and swam all night to carry that sailor to safety. He, yeah, he swam all night with the, his, the strap of his life jacket in his teeth to save this man's life. Okay, you know, that's not fake. That's not fake news. That's not someone doing a, a cowboy movie and closest they ever get to bullets is in a cowboy movie where the bullets are all fake. That's right. real life. Was he in all respect? But to, to, you know, to get back to our point, there is a John, um, John Kennedy and Donald Trump have both been willing to take on the establishment to do what they believed was the right thing. And, um, yeah. and pursuing and uh, per, yeah. you know, willing to fight for and stand up for and work for what they thought yeah. was best for America, and they were not mere political puppets, and that's why they both have John Kennedy had and Donald Trump has. And I'd like to hear what right. your other astute panelists would have to say. They have so many enemies because they don't take orders from the United Nations or the globalists. I love, I love, I love. Yeah, I mean, you are right on so many levels. I want to uh, see what uh, popular radio show host, lobbyist, political consultant, strategist, and activist Clint Bellows has to say. And for anybody uh, that doesn't know Clint Bellows, most of you do around the world. His radio station, uh, well, his radio show is on uh, what Clint over fifty syndicated stations. You're on Salem Network, which is the most popular political network. It's where Lou Dobbs, 
I think Hannity's on there. I think all the big ones are on there, right? Well, we yeah, that's uh, parts of that are are uh, correct. I in the process of renegotiating some of those things right now, so I'll let you know how it all shakes out in the near future. Yeah. But I I appreciate being on the show, uh, Rory, and uh, uh, very interesting discussion. Uh, uh, so much to talk about from all the perspectives of all the other panelists, and uh, yeah. want to congratulate all of you on your points of view. I, you know, I, yeah. I think that uh, just on the, you, on the you've Teddy been around. Event, you've been around for so long, though. I mean, you've had you've been on the radio for what over twenty years now. Well, I've yeah, I've been I've been in the political arena since about nineteen seventy nine, but uh, and. Uh, yeah. Uh, spend some Rory, time let's work on Nick. our math. That's about forty-eight years. I know. You know what? He's. he's I'm. I, I. You know what? I'm on Medicare right now, but I'm not that old. But. Uh, but. Uh, uh, Rory is enthusiastic, and and uh, and I and I appreciate uh, the points of view of uh, yeah. everything I've heard tonight. I. It, you know. It. It. Uh, we. We start there. A, a war had, was begun in this country. And this is yeah. not my quote, but it is one of my guests this week on the show. Uh, in January of uh, 2009, the war began, and that was, of course, when uh, Saul Winsky's uh, uh, duck, a guy by the name of Barack Hussein Obama, was inaugurated. Osama, by I call him. <laughs> Yeah, by a complete uh, – I mean, it's uh, – the mathematical odds of that, given this guy's background, and, and we, you know, I, I, we can, you know, it may be boring to people, or they may they say, why do you keep bringing this Obama guy up? Well, it's because that was a silent coup against the United States. Uh, they didn't kill uh, uh, Bush. Uh, they basically uh, took over the presidency under unconstitutional methodologies and with a lot of what you would your other guests have called globalist help. Um, here's yeah. a guy who uh, who uh, was really the Manchurian candidate. Um, he, yeah. uh, he here's a man with no past. He, he uh, no real birth certificate. The only thing he's got is about 16 social security numbers. He's been known by seven different names, uh, yeah. not known by any of his Columbia classmates or anybody that he right. went to college with in California. Uh, and, and, and his wife, uh, she has similar, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. You cannot find in the history of the United States. Here's the thing about that. You remember, uh, you remember with the whole birth certificate and everything with Obama, you know, you bring up something that is so relevant right now because, you know, with the Obama birth certificate, you know, my good friend and, and America's toughest sheriff who I've known for a long time, Joe Arpaio, was one of the first people to to prove that his birth certificate was a fake. Joe Arpaio did investigations with some of the greatest uh, cops and detectives, and they discovered it was a fake, and that the mainstream media ignored it. And you know what? Camilla Harris just announced this week that she's running for president, and she was not even born here. So we're dealing with the same sort of Barack Hussein Osama situation and it pisses me off now we uh, yeah the, you know you're right uh, tori the, the the point uh, uh rory the, the point is that um the country began a war and the war was really set up uh by inept uh, boyish leadership uh yeah. from the time that george hw bush left the white house in january 1993 and of course 
there are all kinds of stories about him too that probably for another time. And I worked for right. him as an advanced guy for about 12 years and I saw the people around him and uh, there are all kinds of strings hanging off of that one as well. But that's the whole skull and bones. Are we, thing. Talking, a whole are we talking thing. a lot of evil? Uh, well, we're talking about it was, uh, things that have not been explained and, 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 uh, you know, here's a guy that if anybody knew how to push the right buttons, here's a guy that <clears throat> headed the CIA, among other things. Uh, yep. uh, when nobody, Kennedy got killed, nobody, he was no. the head of the CIA. Well, when Kennedy got killed, it is rumored, and I can't answer this, there are certain photographers that have photographs that they claim show George H.W. Bush in Dealey Plaza as the car drove by. Now, we've also heard the... Uh, you know the the who was the the operative from the CIA that was one of the four bums that Howard uh, Howard what was the guy's last name I'm drawing a blank but was uh, it G Howard Hunt there, no G Howard Hunt thank you very much there were there were all kinds of things that happened in that arena but there's there's one thing um, I you know I think Oswald shot the guy from the sixth floor I think there's all these games played with the grass you know and all these different how many you know. The truth is, they. Uh, well, I can I can tell you what my my friends uh, well, in in the intelligence well, before, agency told me about the assassination. Before you say this, there, there's so many different conspiracies revolving, you know, involving his murder, including you know, and I want to say this real quick about Jesse Ventura. I don't agree with Jesse Ventura politically. Let's set the record straight here. The guy is a little cuckoo, but I will tell you, when you look at his show. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever saw his conspiracy show, uh, but he yeah, is a yeah. Navy SEAL, and he had one of the best aim shooters, uh, snipers in the game, test from that window where supposedly the bullet came from towards Kennedy, and the most popular sniper couldn't even do it. And it wasn't well, Jesse Ventura. I, I got to Rory, uh, Tori, I, Rory, I got to take you on on that one. And, uh, it's an easy shot. Uh, th- th- this this is a mythology, but here's here's where it gets interesting. But what about what the plan? Let me about, this is John Milton. Let, let, you know, let me I've been say this. for forty five minutes. Do so you want to hear what I have to say or not? I I mean I'm you know, the, yeah. the bottom line yeah. on it is is is, is that uh, Kennedy's head exploded with the third shot. That was a frangible, uh, soft uh, soft skinned bullet that blew up his head. Uh, Oswald was shooting a military rifle with a military round that would have gone right through the guy's head and uh, in and out, and it wouldn't have left a hole more than about a half an inch on the outside. There were two shooters. One was Oswald or somebody in the sixth floor window. The other guy was on the Dallas Records building, which was behind as well, and he was on the roof of that building, and he was shooting a gun that had a, a frangible bullet. He was a crack shot, and they told him, let Oswald see what Oswald can do. Well, Oswald missed the first shot completely. The second shot hit Kennedy in the back of the neck. It did not. It was not a fatal shot. At that point in time, the second assassin fires and hits Kennedy in the back of the head and blows up his head. And, and, and I mean, I've heard, you know, I, I mean, there's a million, there's 9,000 books written on the topic. Uh, but the, the other thing that was true, I think, about that day and why it's important to talk about it is I think part of America died that day in term, and not because Kennedy was such a great president. He was actually a pretty mediocre president, but, he, you know, he had tremendous star quality in his wife. I mean, we know the whole story, and, 
you know, the son being killed. I mean, the whole thing. I, I, yeah. I knew Teddy Kennedy pretty well. But, I, you know, the, the bottom line on it is, is that there was a certain loss of hope that went with that. Johnson took us immediately into the Vietnam War in a big way, and we right. know what the outcome of that was. Uh, right, and people and then, say, uh, and people say that there wouldn't be a deep state, and we would have never been in the Vietnam War had Kennedy still been alive. And that's possible, but Kennedy, as you said, was a warrior, uh, Rory, and and uh, you know he may have taken uh, a different approach than Johnson did, but he believed in the domino theory, and he thought the communists had to be beaten. He said that in his inaugural address, uh, and so you know. But, you know, we've had an unraveling of things. We had a brief halftime break with Ronald Reagan, and then we get back to all the crap again. And as these other guests have so skillfully and uh, knowledgeably uh, alluded, uh, and, you know, one of them said, this is beyond politics now. This is a culture thing. And that's what the whole Linskyite thing, that's, you know, that is what Stalin and Lenin taught. We're, we're, this is transcendent above politics. Yeah. To me, we still have a two-party yeah. system. The two parties are Donald Trump and his supporters and everybody else. Those are the two parties. And uh, so Paul Ryan uh, was one of the worst examples of a gopher. Uh, I mean, remember when he, uh, uh, after Trump's victory, Paul Ryan was going to be the big Republican in Washington. He was the rising star. Yeah. And this clown uh, bailed out with nine months to go in his speakership. Yet he kept his House seat. Uh, we had effectively no leadership to help Trump get anything done for nine months. Okay, that's a Paul Ryan deal. Uh, that's an inside job. Uh, Paul Ryan lives on his wife's income. He spent half his time in the in the uh, in the in the House gym gymnasium trying to get his in, in better physical condition. We're in a civil war right now, and uh, that that border must be controlled, as your other guests have said. It's out of control, and the results are devastating. 4,000 dead Americans, 235,000 violent crimes. You know, what Trump has put forward, and Valerie worked for Reagan, so she knows Reagan was able to reach compromises. Trump has offered one, you know, 235 yeah. miles of border, and, the, and go ahead, and I think this is a bad move on his part, but let's go ahead and do the DACA thing, which is very bad news, but he's offered that. There's nothing he can offer these people that they're going to accept. Right. Nothing. And, and it, Am I right and about it just that? Goes to sh- else like to comment and Clint, on that? Clint, you're so. absolutely right when you bring you're that up. I mean, think, think about this real quick. Think about this, though. With DACA, you know, the Democrats always claim they care about, you know, the, 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 the DACA recipients. Trump offered them DACA multiple times. They turned it down. You know why they turned it down? Because they don't want him to have his wall, which is absolutely disgraceful. It's all politics. And getting back to the Kennedy thing, I don't want to spend too much time on the Kennedy thing, but I know people have questions about this specific thing we're about to say. But what about the bullet through the windshield in the front? I mean, there was a bullet in the front windshield. And how do you explain that? The thing is that and, the and whole Roy, thing is just is, endlessly fascinating, isn't it really? I mean – it, it, the, the longer it goes on, the more it gets added to the story, and I, and I know you're right about that. Well, Clint, this, uh, is, this but, is John Milkovich, and, and this is a different Senator, go ahead, and I'll let Clint respond. Yeah, and listen, by the way, Clint, I love what you say about uh, that so Hope died with the, with the assassination of President Kennedy, and 
the fact that there's just this big mystery shield, opaque mystery shield around the Obamas, I think that needs to be explored. I will say that with respect to the Kennedy assassination, and, and really we can say there's 9,000 books, but it, it's amazing the commonalities of hundreds, if not thousands, of the books that say this. The witnesses that were there that day all ran to the grassy knoll. People saw shooters. They saw smoke coming from weapons. They heard the bullets come from the glassy knoll. And the Parkland hospitals, who did not work for the federal government, have said their entire careers the president was shot from the front. This is the pre- and I'm sorry, but Lee Harvey Oswald was behind them. And you said, you know, that the whole thing about the sniper is is not. Is, is not, you know, that, that uh, Lee Harvey, the argument that Lee Harvey Oswald couldn't have done it because he didn't have the capability as a shooter, that, that's, that that doesn't hold water. Craig Roberts was one of the top American snipers in the Vietnam War, and he was attending a seminar. By the way, Craig Roberts wrote one of the greatest books on the Kennedy assassination, brings the whole thing very clearly together. But he also says what hundreds of other authors and researchers have said. He said he took one trip to Daly Plaza, one trip to the sixth floor, one look at the sight line and the angle from which Lee Harvey Oswald was alleged to yep. kill the president. He said, absolutely no way. This was one of the top snipers in, uh, in the United States Army during the Vietnam War. He then went on to do the research and, and write the book. But the problem with saying that, you know, that he wasn't shot with, from the glass, grassy knoll is the Parkland doctors – Said he was shot from the front. They weren't paid by anybody. They weren't working for the United States Navy. They weren't shot under from the Johnson. Front, the, the bullet would have blown you got, out the you guys, this side is, of his you head. Guys, you, this is and, 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 and I got to tell you, Jackie you Kennedy go probably would have been hit with the same bullet. Let's let's put it on that one. And, never got and, and, and no, I want you. I want you guys to explain this back and forth. I just have to go to a forty-second. I think maybe Jackie did it. I'll be right. I'll be right back. We got to go to a forty-second commercial. Please, bear with me, guys. We'll be right back. Oh, man. All right. That's fine. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, Skyray Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at Skyray Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaySecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. All right, we are, we are back. Clint, go, go, go ahead with your point. Well, I was just going to say, and, and I respect everybody here, and there are different points of view on this, and you go round and round and round. Let's let's focus on something that's a little near and dear. If you want to get into Dallas shootings, let's talk about the fact that there were how many, eight or nine Dallas police officers assassinated while they were guarding a Black Lives Matter rally uh, about a year and a half before Obama left the White House. Uh, do you recall that? And they were they were killed yeah. by a sniper in a in a garage, and uh, they were guarding a black march when they were assassinated. Obama went down there a few days later, and what did he do? He repudiated the police department, and uh, and made them the fall guys. His entire speech uh, didn't even bother to honor any of the fallen officers that gave their lives, uh, and 
I mean, the whole thing is just so absurd uh, and so offensive. And Clint, who is, uh, who is behind this uh, black line? Is this a Soros? Uh, is, oh, is Soros I think, I, you know, If you have oh, black wondered, light, uh, black ladies and gentlemen, I have, I, yeah, for, I, I have this answer for yeah. you. I know who's behind it. Sean King runs it, but it was started originally by three feminists, white feminists. So imagine the uh, – Really? Imagine that's, that. That's interesting. That's, but, you know, you've got to ask yourself this question. We have lived for hundreds of years on this continent. For the last 250 years, uh, the United States has been basically a sovereign nation. We have never had these kinds of caravans coming all the way from Central America. Right. Somebody is yeah. organizing that, aren't they? Okay. Yeah. I mean, oh, isn't yeah. this an organized, uh, uh, systematic, well-funded effort? Okay. All of a sudden, they're coming. I mean – it's a big coincidence. I mean, I'd like to hear what the other panelists have to say about that. Yeah, yeah and I, I, you know, I want to get to my other panelists, but I do want to agree with the senator and you, Clint. I do think George Soros, obviously, with mostly everything, he's behind this, obviously. I mean, with he's the caravan. He's a with, very evil man. A very yeah, evil man. With Black and, Lives uh, Matter, uh, with, with all yeah. these feminist groups, I think he's giving them all money. But, hey, Ben, what are your thoughts on this, man? Oh. Yeah, so we, we're digging into that as we speak. Um, we know there are multiple organizations. Uh, CASA is one of them in the United States. There are several organizations out of Chicago. Uh, some of them people know about uh, Pueblo Sin Fronteras, Central Sin Fronteras, La Familia Unida, uh, Latina Unida um, that are out of Chicago. Actually, one of those is organized by an illegal alien in America who's living in Chicago who's been previously deported but has been given a stay of deportation by some leftist judge. That's one of the organizations that's helping organize this. Uh, We actually have a team of people that are going into Chiapas, Mexico, uh, later or next week to start looking into it. There are these communist churches, uh, some of them, uh, you know, the United uh, Methodist Church, uh, and there's some Catholic churches as well that are organized, involved, or involved in this organization. There's a woman out of Arizona who we're digging into, uh, named uh, uh, John a blank on her name, not Belinda, but uh, we've got folks that are that are digging in. But yes, Soros is uh, Soros and other Soros-like uh, leftist funders are behind it. They're filtering money through all of the several different organizations, but many of them are organizations within America that are actually doing the organizing with Guatemala and Honduras and then uh, facilitating the pipeline up through through San Diego as well as into uh, Texas and Arizona. There's There's a caravan of hundreds that are at the Arizona border with uh, right now that uh, that are waiting to get in. But every day we have a caravan of illegals that are coming through that have been ignored for the last 20 years, thousands of people crossing illegally every day. There, One of the uh, actually women out of Arizona, again, whose name I'm drawing a blank on, uh, she was actually – she met with the president of Guatemala, who was down there, who's actually behind a lot of this organization, and the U.N. So we know the U.N. and UNICEF are on board with this and the globalists around the world. So this is, we are in a cultural civil war. We are in a civil war in America, but we're also in a global yes. war against the, the globalists that are trying to undermine American sovereignty. So it's, it's deep, its tentacles uh, are far-reaching, yeah. and we're just getting, we're just starting to understand 
who's really behind it and how deep it really goes. Wow. Very well said. Yeah. Very well said, Ben. I want to go to uh, Gianni in New York. We haven't heard from you in a while. And then let's go to Valerie and then Josh. So what, about Kennedy too, or just what's been about? Yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of the above. Go ahead. Okay, so first with the Kennedy one, um, I lived in Dallas for two years. Rory, you know I've done films and stuff in Dallas. You know, yeah. I acted – if you look on uh, YouTube, I have a trailer, and I actually acted at the grassy you know, all around that area where JFK was shot, all that. I ran around that area like crazy. And let me yeah. tell you, from what from what I see being at the grassy you know, it's totally impossible that that guy, you know, shot JFK from that angle – it's just totally impossible. And I've been to where the exact mirror, the exact window that they got, you know, blocked up now. But I've been, and you can see it, and there's just no way that he could, that could, he could have activated that unless he was a good shooter. Um, when it comes to the George Soros thing, I mean, it go, it all goes back to Saul Alinsky tactics, the rules for radicals. I mean, when we study this stuff. You can see about all the rules that they're using, and that's what the Democratic Party is basically doing, what uh, uh, Dinesh D'Souza calls it the Chicago way. And what yep. they're doing is they're breaking down our society, you know, culturally, you know, by, by breaking down, you know, religion and, you know, uh, you know using uh, reverse racism and these things. All this stuff is a part of Saul Alinsky. I mean, he's, to me, he's basically the father of everything that we see right now. We saw the baby boomers. He used the baby boomers. That's what he did. He knew that the baby boomers were people, you know, the free, you know, free love, free spirit, and all that stuff. And so what he did was he saw an opportunity to people that really doesn't have any morals. And he said, "Guess what? I'm going to do. I'm going to use them to get to get my tactics to go forth." And I believe that he built that into the baby boomers. And that's why I say the baby boomers, well, most of them destroyed the country because they were not teaching the children and they were not passing policies that they knew that their 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 fathers or how they were how they were raised. And you can see the the, the breakdown the breakdown of the family, you know, in the seventies, all this stuff goes to that with the Black Lives Matter, which is built on lies about cops shooting, you know, unarmed black kids. You know, heads up don't shoot. We found out that was a lie. Every time yeah. a video comes yeah. out it's always been a lie, but people keep using edited. it. It's always edited to... by the mainstream media to meet their narrative. Yeah. It's so it's... sick. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and about the border. I mean, it's all about hating Trump also because they know Trump, to me, in my opinion, is the new Abraham Lincoln for our generation. And yeah. if you look at it, um, they were voting about whether to open to, to get to pay pay the uh, the military – and all the yeah. Democrats still voted no. Only six, only six Democrats out of all the Democrats in the House and the Senate voted uh, yes. And that shows. How about how about the fact? What, how about the fact that Cortez didn't didn't voted no on reopening the government because it included in the bill funding ICE. She wants to get rid of ICE. Yeah, this woman's a exactly. lunatic. <laughs> this just ends. Yeah. They, they was voting about whether they should pay the Coast Guard, you know, because Ted Cruz is coming on and said the Coast Guard should be getting paid. And guess who voted? Yep. Guess who voted? Uh, guess who voted? No, Chuck Schumer. Big mm. Chuck Schumer voted no. Oh, I mean, come on. Like, 
it, that it's it, insane. That shows you that they're about all about hating Trump. It's not like Dan Crenshaw said. It's not about illegals. It's not about immigrants. It's not about right. uh, diversity. It's about none of that. All of it. All of it is about hating Trump and making sure right. he does not get a win because they know if he doesn't get the right. wall, that that's going to affect his 2020 vote. That's exactly what it's well, all about. And you're absolutely right, Gianni. And and I want to <clears throat> make this announcement, which I think is very important. The White House announced uh, there was a report out today that they have 51 judicial picks, and that's including two for the liberal Ninth Circuit. And we know how the Ninth Circuit has, uh, you know, uh, cut off and blocked many of uh, Trump's orders and have screwed him over uh, because they were either Obama-appointed judges or I think they were you know, some of them were appointed. I don't I don't know how the Ninth Circuit. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean I know how it's Clinton and Obama. Don't, yeah. No, don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Obama and didn't Clinton appoint some people to the Ninth yes. Circuit as well? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So yeah. It yeah. It's, just, it's the San Francisco. It's the San Francisco court area. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and, yeah. 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 That has been. Uh, yeah. To answer the question. It's yeah. It's been a disaster, Glenn. It really has. It. Well, they beat him on his – when he wanted to vet people coming into this country, they declared that unconstitutional, saying that yeah. the aliens had rights when under our Constitution, aliens have no constitutional rights. The only people that have right. rights are citizens of the country. Right. No, yeah. And Josh, go ahead. And I'm going to you, Valerie. Yeah, you know, the whole idea, especially with these caravans coming up, all of a sudden – you know, at peak timing, there's no way that there's not something uh, that was planned by someone. I, you know, obviously I think there's a lot of good, um, you know, hypothesis is on here. I don't know jack crap about who would be paying them. That's not my form of expertise, so I have, you know, nothing to fire back or support with. But the the fact that they all sprung up I'm all tired. of a sudden when, you know, when they never happened before – is uh, a little suspicious, and uh, someone's someone's doing something. That's for sure. Let, so let me just jump back in real quick. So was, uh, I, I did. I looked up the name. It's Magdalena Schwartz, is the lady out of Arizona. So there's there's multiple different individuals and organizations that we're finding out are behind this. But what we're also finding out is that there are. Uh, this is just coming to light that there are. Uh, politicians that are deeply embedded. We knew this, obviously, the open borders leftists that are out there fighting against Trump and the wall. Uh, But there are people that are in the pockets. And this goes back to the cartels as well. The cartels control who who comes in illegally and who doesn't. And so there's, there is, uh, there are people being paid off. And again, just like the Josh just said, there's a lot that we don't know. There's, this is a deep, deep, deep problem. But that, that was the name of the, the one woman who was actually previously, she was uh, just became a citizen a year ago, which is, you know, you think about the people that we're allowing into our country. Some of them we're not allowing into our country, but some come in illegally. But then uh, these people that are here that are undermining our country from within, it's just disgusting. And then they're doing it as if they're working for God. Uh, well, God never said to, to break uh, the laws of the land. And so it's just, it's a display by Many different people, but uh, I, and I think as the time as time goes on, we're we're going to get to the bottom of this, and there's going to be indictments and people uh, that aren't even being named yet are going to be shown to have been behind all this. So, and, and you know you know what I blame yeah, a lot I, of this on? I blame a lot of this on the the 
the crap of journalism. It's all opinions these days. These journalists write their yeah. opinions. Yeah. Like they're, it's like they're writing a story. They're not even telling the facts anymore. Go ahead, Clint, though. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, I, uh, I well, think we're, we're, uh, we're stating the obvious in a lot of ways. Everything you've said is true. The question is, is how are we going to move forward and make sure this happens? We've got an FBI and a Justice Department that I think we'd be crazy to assume are on the level anymore. I think they're a problem. They're not an asset anymore. Yeah. Mueller and Comey and Strzok and uh, Rosenstein and a bunch of these people – have known yeah. each other, they've partied together, they've been in cahoots for years, and uh, nothing yeah. positive is coming out of that group in terms of indictments right. of any kind. And uh, otherwise, right. Hillary Clinton would be wearing an orange outfit by now. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> you know, and she doesn't look particularly good in any color, particularly, you know, the night <laughs> that I remember. So, so uh, you know, I mean, my gosh. Clint, I, mean, I, I disagree with you, Clint. I think I, she'd look fantastic in orange. You know, I, 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 you know, I gotta, I gotta agree with you. I, I think so too, uh, and I think Bill would come and see her maybe once a year. So uh, you know, uh, maybe bring a file in and a cheesecake or something. I don't know, but, but it, it, the fact that there's sixty-five thousand emails out there, and that she <laughs> broke her oath and she broke U.S. code. I forget the number that indicates that a cabinet member cannot do what she did. And she broke State yeah. Department, uh, you know, presidents in that. Uh, and you know, one of the guys on the list of those uh, of those emails is Barack Obama, and he used a dummy email address. Like that's going to fool anybody. And yet we're we're, we're concerned that, that somebody that Trump that Trump's kid have a 15 minute meeting with a low level Russian. I mean, come on, give me a quick break, okay? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's bullshit. I'm sorry, Valerie, forgive me. I'm, I'm, this is why, you know, I, I'll be up all night again. I got to do a radio show tomorrow. I'm up 24 hours a day after I do these shows. This, this 28-year-old kid that's leading this gets me all charged up every night. So it's, uh, you know, <laughs> it's fun. Um, several different points. The one I want to start with is the caravan. I mean, you can't get 9,000 people from Honduras or Nicaragua without major money. I mean, they have to eat. They have to, they have to go to the bathroom. They need medical attention. I mean, this is like bringing, you know, a whole group of people, I don't know, a month, two months. How long does it take to walk across two countries? I mean, that Great. doesn't yeah. happen without major, major funding and organization. They're sitting there waiting, you know, for the, the um, INS people to let them across the border while they're standing there in line. I mean, the whole thing yeah. makes no sense to me whatsoever, except for the fact that there's got to be millions of dollars behind it. Well, the white, well here's, here's good news. You're no absolutely no right, doubt. Valerie. And here, here, here's some good news. I don't, I don't want to cut anybody off, but I want to mention this, and I didn't mention this earlier, which I think I don't know if any. I don't. This is a fairly new report. I don't know if people have read this yet today, but uh, the White House has prepared a draft uh, declaring a national emergency order that uh, has. Would would give them seven billion with a B in wall funding. So that is uh, a strongly an option, and that was reported.
just probably an hour or two ago. So uh, Trump yeah. is definitely, and, you know. And Rory. And that's I, what I we were saying, see. you know, Trump does not need Congress to do this. But yes. he wanted yeah. to do it right. Yeah. He wanted to have extra people behind him. I mean, it is the right way to go. But he doesn't have to deal with all this BS. And I just feel yeah. like what's going on makes our country look so inept. And our, right. our leaders, you know, like you said, somebody said before, you know, it's the culture now. It's okay to be nasty to the president of the United States. Whether you're the guy that works for CNN in a press conference or you're Nancy Pelosi, you know, what used to be when we would say the gentleman from, you know, South Carolina, I yield my time to him, all of these flowery, uh, pro, you know, um, ways to address people in, in polite manner, you know, it's all gone the wayside from, from the, the, what's his face, to the, the CNN reporter to this new congresswoman, T-Lob or whatever. Are you talking about Jimmy from I mean, she calls the president of the United States a mother blank. I mean, are you kidding yeah. me? What's gone on with Stability. our society? Yeah, it's and very yeah, upsetting to me as a mom. As a mom of it's four not. kids, you know, my kids talk to me like that. Are you joking? No chance. No, it's Our not. Gianni, I know you wanted crazy. to respond. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, before I go to that, what she was just talking about is spot on. But I was going to say President Trump does not need Congress to do this because this is constitutional what he's doing. And the Democrats know all these Democrats went to law school and Harvard and Yale and all this other stuff, they know they know the law. They just don't want Trump to win. So I was looking this um, I was looking at in, in a, inadmissible aliens and it says whenever the president it's US code eleven eighty two, it says whenever the president finds that the entry of any aliens or of any class of aliens into the United States to be detrimental to the interests of the United States, he may by proclamation pro- proclamation and for such period as he shall deem necessary, suspend the entry of all aliens or any class of aliens as immigrants or not immigrants or impose on the entry of aliens any restrictions he may deem to be appropriate. So I mean, this is this isn't like just some just some random Google search in this on some right wing Breitbart, you know, website. Right. This is the Constitution. And the founding fathers knew what they were doing because that's the reason why we need borders, not because we hate immigrants or we hate illegals and all that stuff, but we have to protect our culture. We have to protect our freedoms and our liberties, liberties that we enjoy, and that's why we have borders. And that's why they put this U.S. code there and said, listen, we know in the future we want to protect these freedoms that we built, we are building right now in this country. And in the future, whenever something uh, is gone wrong to where, you know, um, Illegal immigration or immigration or aliens are filling our country. We need to write something in the law that says that the president can draw the power to stop any um, entry of any aliens. And I think that that's a good thing. And we see now that Trump, he's going to declare the national emergency. And you can't say that's anti-constitutional because it's in the Constitution. It's a U.S. code, and the Democrats know it. Senator, Senator, what are your thoughts? Senator uh, Milkovich, Louisiana. I'm listening to all these smart people. Um, yeah. Um, I, um, 
I, there is an attack on our culture, and that's been talked about. I think uh, Gianni talked about that. Yeah. Um, and, and I think everybody's referenced it tonight. One of the things, Rory, that maybe we can do, you, you may want to devote a show to is what's going on with our K-12 education. Why is it no that, according to a Harvard study, over half of our young people believe in socialism? Yes, there is an attack on our culture, and immigration is a part of it, but we have to understand that many of our children and grandchildren are supporting these initiatives because they don't understand the difference between communism and freedom, and right. they don't understand that uh, you know Donald Trump may have some baggage. We all do, but there's a difference between Donald Trump having baggage and the Clintons leaving body bags. And by the yeah. way, <laughs> at some point, I don't know if it's this show or another show, Clint was talking some stuff, talking about the uh, there's some opaqueness surrounding the uh, ascent to power of the Obamas. Um, wow, that's that's very – there's a lot there, and I'd, I'd love to find out more about what uh, Clint knows about this. Absolutely. Hey, guys, well, hey, we're going to go to uh, – I wanted to answer. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, so um, as Rory, as you know, I used to be a Democrat, and I used to be a socialist in high school. Um, you know, I've worked for Bill de Blasio. You know, I've worked for all these people, you know, when it comes to campaigning in New York City. Wow. I'm going to tell you what the Republican Party, the problem we have is Republican Party has to update its way of messaging because everything, to put it quite frankly, is a bunch of old men. And Amen. youth are not going to – youth are affected by the media. And the media, mainstream media today is nothing but liberalism, nothing but socialism. So if that's all you hear, repetitive, repet, re- repetition over and over again, guess who's going to believe it? We are. I was one in high school. But what brought me out was Dinesh D'Souza making those documentaries. And when I watched yeah. it, I was like, holy, holy fuck. Like, this is – what have I been believing my whole life? So I think we need conservative activism in yeah. college you know, at youth events, we need to make conservatism cool. Maybe, right. you know, make the show a little bit more for youth people, you know, and, 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 and yeah. reach out to Hollywood celebrities. I know as much as we don't like Hollywood celebrities because they read socialism, right. but bring up stuff as far as like, oh, Hollywood say they hate capitalism and they love socialism, but the reason they got a damn job is because of the consumers. That capitalism right. right there, Hollywood was built on capitalism. So say things like it, that. But I feel like TPUSA, as much as stuff I disagree with them, the way they do things, TPUSA, these student organizations have to be yeah. pushed, pushed, and supported in the colleges. Because if not, all this conservatism is going to end with the generation uh, you know, that Trump is in. And it's going to die out. And we need – And you're, absolute, you're, you're absolutely oh. right when you bring – when you bring up the point of we need more sites and outlets like Turning Point USA, which is what I'm doing with my new site, The Next Gen USA, I'm, I'm, I'm putting this into so many different categories where we can, you know, reach out to the youth. We can reach out to every, you know, age group, every sort of, you know, person on the conservative side, even on the other side. I mean, I I have this whole network planned perfectly, and I think it's the, the, the it's the way to evolve things. I think it's the new 
a future. And, uh, you know, it's built so amazingly and I'm, I'm only fixing a few more things on it, but, uh, it's a ready to go, like yeah. a Breitbart and a Fox News. It's a it's a network. I yeah. mean, we have our own server. It's, we have our own uh, streaming service. Uh, we're not censored, so that's pretty cool. Um, guys, just, please stay on. Please stay on. I got to go to a one, like a fifty second commercial break. We're gonna come right back. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind the scenes production, everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert, to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. All right, and we are back. Um, Gianni, um, did you want to finish your thought real quick? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, But, yeah, I was just saying, you know, as much as, you know, Kanye West, I know people are like, man, you can't trust this guy. He might turn on us at any time. You know, but if you see, I'm telling you, when I went to the Young Black look at Flo- Look at Floyd Mayweather. Look at Mike Tyson. Look at yeah. Murphy. Yeah. I mean, you've got all look these big timers, you know? Yeah. When you go to, they all when I went Trump. to that leadership summit, yeah, when I went to that leadership summit conference in Washington, D.C., you oh, will not Don't forget believe. Tiger Woods. Don't forget Tiger Woods. Yeah. Yeah. When I went to this conference, you would be surprised how many people said, they change. I eat it over with lunch, and they say, you know, when Kanye West tweeted about Candace Owens, they didn't know who Candace Owens was. And all of a sudden, you have this, you know, black black people, black kids, black youth all over everywhere, now all of a sudden wearing Trump hats. So we really have to manage our activism. The liberals have amazing activism, even though they're nutcases. I'm just saying – we need that activism back where we're, like, going into the streets, we're going into the ghettos, we're going to the neighborhood, and we're talking to people door by door, and, 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 and you know, we're at our city councils, we're at these places, and we're making sh- – and, and, and people that are in film, you know, let's start making films that are – that promote tradition, traditional values, traditional marriage values. Like, we have to do things like that, you know, just posting on Facebook – and, you know, talking about it amongst your peers is not going to help anything. We have to go out and we have to be activists. 
Oh, 100%. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, uh, Josh, go ahead. Your thoughts. Yeah, you know, Johnny, just to backpack off of your point, there is a large number of, of the Republican base and specifically the conservative base that are not willing to go out and actually do the work that it takes uh, to, you know, to, to change the narrative, so to speak. And part of the reason of yeah. that is is that the, the conservative slash Republican person is a different quote-unquote type of person uh, than the liberal side. A lot of them are just fundamentally different. But that being said, the, the war is going to be won or lost, and without soldiers, you're going to lose. Luckily, the thing that we have with Trump is that we do have some sort of a revital, revitalization of yep. – of these people starting to, to pay more attention. And, you know, even just with simple things like the make America great again, hat, that is something cool enough in pop culture where it's bringing in some of the younger generation, but we need to not only win now, but we need to win in the next 10 years, the next 20, the next 30, the next 40, because yep. lives depend on it. These economic systems that the Democrats want to put through, similar to what Venezuela right. is doing right now, that lives right. are at stake if this, type of, if this type of economic principle is put into our country. This isn't just right. about who's right and who's, you know, who's left. This is about do people get to have the freedom and not only the freedom to do what they want to do, but the freedom to live. Yeah. And I, was, I, I was going back today, and I was looking at you know, what our government has spent our money on, and there was an article out today, uh, secret Pentagon projects reveal that the government spent money on UFO research, wormholes, and other bizarre anomalies, which is this like, you know, we can't get the wall money, but you guys can waste all this money on certain things. I'm not, you know, I'm not denying aliens aren't real. Don't get me wrong. I don't want anybody calling me out for that through, through any on my Twitter or anything. I'm not denying that. I do, I do get hate mail, which I don't like. So, but I am saying though, when you're wasting all this money on certain things, and you can't pay for a wall to protect your own country, there's some issues there. There's some issues, there, there, and that's a little weird to me, if you, if you ask me. If uh, Clint, what are your thoughts? I mean, I, I, this this whole thing is, and, and Clint, I know you've been talking about this as well on your show this week. Uh, the Michael Cohen uh, today. You know, or yesterday, I think the report came out. He's subpoenaed now to the Senate after he turned down and postponed the House Intelligence, um, uh, you know, appearance. He was subpoenaed right. by the Senate. So, what are your thoughts? I think the biggest uh, favor the Democrats can do for Donald Trump and the Republican Party is to impeach the president as fast as they can. And uh, you may be some uh, some of our uh, panelists may be old enough to remember what the backlash against the Republican Party was when they went after Bill Clinton uh, in 1998 and 1999. And, uh, I mean, uh, this will come to nothing. You will, here's who will appear on behalf of the president if he's smart. Alan Dershowitz, all right, who has already come out. Love that guy. The, book, the case against the impeachment, okay? I uh, heard him on C-SPAN the other night. He is a liberal through and through. He's also a guy that said Ted Cruz was the best law student he ever had at Harvard Law School, and he, he's given a very articulate, very objective point of uh, 
of uh, intellectual uh, grasp and of that, the situation. And that's and, what I like and, about and, him, and, Glenn. He, you know, he doesn't play biases. He's very straightforward. He tells it how it is. He goes by the law. You're you're right. No, he. I, I think he's really he's really been the exception of the rule in the Democratic Party, and and thank God for him, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but, you know, they've got nothing on Trump. Uh, they're going to continue. Michael Cohen is a hack attorney. Okay, Trump. Yeah. They they call him oh, Trump's yeah. attorney. Yeah. He might have been Trump's fixer on some things. Uh, you know, yeah. a man's sexual proclivities are in large part determined by his financial resources. Okay, <laughs> it's uh, about by his by his availabilities. All right, which is right. why men go out and attempt to influence women with cars and vacations and vacation homes and large dinners and magnums of Dom Perignon or or whatever. Uh, the the yeah. truth of the matter is, it's all been played forever. Uh, Valerie, forgive me uh, to woo women. Uh-oh. Okay, Uh-oh. And, uh, and that's uh, sorry to have to say it, but uh, you know it may not work for Ashley Shutter or Madonna. Uh, but but basically, you know, when I was in Washington, uh, you know, there were more women coming to Washington on the make for men than vice versa. Valerie, I'm sorry to have to say that. Uh, you can hit the circle bar down at the. Don't apologize. You can hit the circle bar down at the Willard that. Hotel, and, and there were some there were some acoustical anomalies in this circle bar, and you could hear what the women were saying about the guys in the bar if you sat in the right place. Okay, you know the the term <laughs> lobbyist came from uh, Ulysses S. Grant going over to the Willard every afternoon because he hated the White House, and he'd sit in the bar and drink. And all these people that had de- uh, bills and deals they wanted to make would come in and talk to them in the lobby bar. And that's how the word lobbyist came into the vocabulary. I'm mm-hmm. sure you all know that. It's pretty well known uh, uh, yeah. American, uh, you know, uh, you know, symbol- symbolism or whatever. But truth of the matter is uh, the president has, as, as Rory has accurately said, achieved 70 percent of his agenda. This wall thing, though, is big because if he loses it or if he backs off on it, I think he's got some risk factor there. The other thing I don't really like is him going along with, with Nancy Pelosi shutting down the State yeah. of the Union address. I, I would have uh, gone yeah. to a Madison Square Garden and given it or, or, or somewhere where he could have drawn a crowd of 25 or 30,000 people. And uh, and and just shove it right up her big butt. Okay, that's exactly what I would have done with it. I'm sorry, Valerie. I got I just got to say, I'm so sick of this woman. I mean, a hundred thousand dollar bar bill on, on her own little private, but not private, government owned airplane. Are you kidding me? You know, I mean, she is the biggest political prostitute. She was in office when I was in San Francisco almost forty years ago, and uh, I mean. You know, I mean, I saw a picture of her at the 60 Democratic Convention where she was with her father, who was a major fixer in Maryland, where she came from. And she's hey, talking hey, about. Hey, oh her. my God, you're getting into a great. Hey, Clint, guess who used to work near her father in Maryland? America's toughest sheriff, Arpaio, used to work in that area. And he, he knows talks that, about how corrupt her father was as the mayor of ba- a, Baltimore, I think it was, right? In Maryland. Maryland's a crooked place, and uh, everybody's on the take there. I mean, and and uh, and this guy's one of the biggest. But they they showed her when she was about 23 years old, and uh, I'm sorry, Valerie, but her eyeballs still 
spun in opposite directions at the same time. Stop she was 23. <laughs> well, it's not a, it's not a drinking problem. She's been nuts since she was 20. Okay, and uh, you know who votes for these people? Who are the hundred thousand? Who's that guy in New York? Is it Johnny in New York? Or who's in New York? You yeah. tell me who those hundred thousand people are. Who 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 are those hundred thousand people that voted for AOC in in New York? Who were they anyway? That's you know, I, I know her. Know. I grew up with her. This is Hispanic. <laughs> tell me about AOC. Uh, 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 I think Alexander's she's a plant. Occasional uh, contest. I would Somebody tell you gave this. her a ton I of t- money, and she's a she's a plant. They gave her a script. As I told oh, yeah. Rory, I showed him uh, that I knew AOC. She's my sister's, one of my sister's best friends. I posted. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I posted pictures on Facebook of me and her when I was a kid. And everybody's like, "Oh my he god, did. you're hanging with a communist and all that." So I'll tell you this: from how I, <laughs> it's hard to tell people this. How I know her, she's one of the sweetest girls you'll ever meet. One of the sweetest girls you'll ever meet. I mean, she's nice. She's, you know, she she was very educated in school and things of that nature. For most of my life that I known her, uh, she was always pretty much liberal. Um, what I think it is is the Democrats, like like Valerie said, I agree with exactly what she said, and I just don't, I don't know if she's, she actually believes she actually she does actually believe what she what she said. However. I never really agree with some people that say, oh, you know, she knows she's evil, she's this, she's that. I, I, I no. can't agree with that. Cause I, matter, as a matter of fact, if you want to, some, in the coming weeks, I can bring her on the show and we can talk to her. Are you, you know, serious? Yeah, she, to some extent, yeah I'm she, serious. To some extent, a useful idiot, and I'm not calling her an idiot. I'm Completely. not trying to solve her. She's a friend of yours. But is she a useful but, idiot, as, as Stalin would have called her? Is she... Useful yeah. to the yeah. cause because of her ignorance, not because she's a bad yeah, person. Yeah, she's very – and I've told her that. I said, I think I, I think you're a communist. I've told her that to her face. I think you're a communist. And, but you know, she probably she, we go back that. to – Yeah, she does. It's not yeah, offensive to her, right? I mean, no, I she never – she just laughs. Like, ha-ha, she does the fake laugh she always does. Ha-ha-ha-ha-ha, you know, and all that other stuff. And – the people that voted for her, let me tell you how New York works. Most of the Italians and the Irish obviously are mostly conservative, people in Staten Island and things of that nature. What it is is there are a bunch of people, and the demographics are changing because, you know, Joe Crowley was a guy, 10-term uh, uh, um, congressman in that yeah. area. And what happened is all the white people that were there that were conservative at that time, because of the high price, they're like, oh, you know, fuck this. They're moving to New Jersey <laughs> or Florida. And now yeah, yeah, the Puerto Ricans and Dominicans are moving in. So they was like, oh, someone named Cortez that, that you know, is Hispanic. She's that's one of us. Got because, yeah, that's, how, that's exactly how she got in. No one, I'm telling you, take her seriously. Everything she says is just, right. she's just talking. She's saying a bunch of big words. That's all that is. Have you ever listened right. to her talk? Like, you really right. learn nothing. All you do is like, ooh, you know a big word. Wow. Ha ha. Like, you sound. Hey, hey, she's an Obama you got, 2.0. I'm going. I'm that's going that, to thank you for that. that, that, that I'm quick. glad you told me that. Yeah. She, you I'm know, people hear this don't listen to what she says. They listen to how 
um, confident she is when she says it. So when you look Valerie. at her and you're not hearing the words and you're not listening to yeah. what the concepts that she's saying, she sounds like she knows what she's talking about. That's yeah. true. And if you're not well versed in seven percent tax rate, and you think yeah. that sounds great because you don't like rich people, then you're like, great, that works. Yep. yep. Okay. Listen. Listen to how crazy she sounds on this clip. I'm playing this quick clip. She's saying climate change is going to end the world in 12 years. This this woman is a nut. Oh, I know. <laughs> one, one, one five. Oh, I hope so. And we're like that clip. Oh my God! Because these people are killing me with idiocy. Your biggest issue is your your biggest issue is how are we going to pay for it? And like this is the war. This is our World War Two. So embarrassing. God damn it! Got all messed up. Hold on, hold on. Uh, One four. Hold on. And we're like. The world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. And your biggest issue is... There you go. Your, your biggest issue Humiliating. is how are we going to pay for it? Mm-hmm. And, like, this is the war. This is our World War II. <laughs> I think that the part of it that is generational is that millennials and people and, you know, Gen Z and all these folks that come after us are looking up and we're like, the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. And your biggest issue is okay. your, your right. biggest I've had enough. If, if this woman is yeah, actually, and I don't know if she's serious when she tries to compare climate change to World War II, and she also tried to compare it to the Holocaust. This woman is a nut job. At the epitome. She's the epitome of a wacko. I'm going to tell you, everything that she's saying right now is all for the Democrat media attention. That's exactly what it is. Those are talking because I'm points. telling you, listen, she's not from the Bronx, okay? So and Gianni, Gianni you know she was the only Democrat in the House that d- declined to reopen the government because it had ICE funding on it? Yeah, I know. She, I'm telling you, she believes in, she wants to, she told me personally, I don't know if you guys know, she wants to abolish ICE. She wants to get rid of ICE. Does she know <laughs> what ICE want... is? Does she know what ICE is, or does she think it's just something you put in your drink? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she wants to, she wants well, to crush ICE. Yeah, it's, it's all about media, <laughs> it's all about media attention. She's just. Like like Valerie said, she's just a plant. I've seen her. She's not from the Bronx. She's from Westchester, New York. And if you've ever been to New York, Westchester and the Bronx are two totally different areas. I mean, areas. You know? So are nice. And, so are Ghana and Hawaii, by the way, just FYI. Or Kenya yeah. and uh, Hawaii are somewhat to, different. She went to Boston University. I mean, that's not a bad school. It's a good school. Maybe she's a legacy. I don't know. Senator yeah, Milkovich, what do you have to say about this? You know what? Uh, I may have to uh, leave you all have at it, but uh, I, I appreciate um, – I just think yeah. there's some been interesting points brought about tonight, and I think uh, – We, we uh, only have about five could... minutes left. We only have about five minutes left. You know, it's – a lot of things that I'm hearing about are the next generation. There is a – 
a significant functional difference in world outlook between the generations. Um, and I, I think, again, I think hopefully, Rory, it may be valid subject matter for a future show to talk about what's happening in our education with the Common Core and the UN. Oh, yeah. It's actually, actually yeah. been – and yep. what, what the mindset that's being uh, – Perpetuated among our young people by many of the university professors. So it, it, there is a different generational outlook. And my and uh, I hear uh, my wife speak often about the difference, the disconnect between the way our generation views the president yep. and the way yep. the next generation does. I, you know, if if they take over, I don't know if President Trump wins the next election. I, I mean, I'm I'm believing well, that he will, and I'm hopeful that he will. Well, well, well. The reason – and you bring up a great point, Senator Milkovich. You bring up a, a fantastic point. You know, the way social media has evolved in today's society, I think that's a lot of the reason there's so much animosity and hatred towards a lot of these political candidates. Because when, when normal TV just existed, you know, it wasn't this much anger and hatred and all this crazy – um, you know, outbursts and stuff. I mean, there still were, but it wasn't to this severity or this extent. Um, I do, before we go, we only have a few minutes left, but I want to go to Clint because, Clint, I want you to leave everybody with a cliffhanger, and we're definitely going to talk more about this on the next episode. Chappaquiddick, you said Ted Kennedy was not in the car. I love this story. Please elaborate. Please. I saw the movie. I know the story. Many people know the story. Please elaborate. Well, I'll keep this quick, but I, uh, in 1980, got married to a former SC cheerleader, and uh, and we went to Lake Tahoe on our honeymoon, and uh, uh, we were sitting on the, you know, one night, I, John got, called me the all-American idiot, and I, I did half of his act for him. But the next night, we went to Reno, and sat in the audience next to a, an older gentleman, and uh, he took a liking to me for whatever reason. It turns out he was a New York attorney. His father had been chief of detectives uh, in New York when the Glenberg baby was kidnapped. He was intimately involved in that. He knew and went to the White House and swam with uh, Roosevelt in the pool when, uh, when he was a little boy. And uh, he, he grew up to become Gucci's attorney in New York, and he's the book, The Fall of Gucci, he is, uh, I mean, he introduced me to Gucci and a, lot, a whole lot of people, but his hobby was to go around and investigate the summer, uh, one of the great crimes of the century or one of the great mysteries. He did the Sam Shepard murder case, the Kennedy assassination, a lot of different things, but one of them was Chappaquiddick, and his line on the whole thing was that, uh, uh, you know, that the Kennedy was not even in the car when it went off, that they had left the Wow. Car. But that he had decided to cut across, and I don't know the, the territory there well enough to know, but he asked her to get the car back to this Holiday Inn on the mainland where he was staying, and uh, she'd had a few cocktails and drove the car off the bridge. He uh, took another way home. He took the ferry back to where he was staying, and he didn't even know the car had gone into the water. The next day he got up. The car wasn't there. She wasn't there. He gets on. He gets his Boston Globe and he puts on his blazer, has his breakfast, walks over to the ferry, and he's taking the ferry back to uh, back to uh, whatever the name of that island is there, Chappaquiddick, and uh, he sees them pulling. He, he sees them pulling his car 
out of the water. All, everybody knew it was the car he had, and she was in it. He was cornered somehow and asked about it. He gave a very um, non-factual, let's call it, answer, and all of a sudden he's in a corner, and then he began to construct that he'd, uh, he'd driven the car off, that he had dived numerous times to save her life, and finally in exhaustion he nearly drowned himself. He was able to get back and, and somehow get back to his room. And uh, he, he never did. He never, ever said why he didn't report it. And he didn't say anything about it for six hours. They had to draft a narrative. They had to draft a cover story. But the truth of the matter is he, he wasn't even in the car. And uh, and they believe. This is crazy. Uh, I know it is. But, I mean, if you think about it. No, I believe uh, you. I you believe you. I'm not calling yeah. you crazy. It's just. It's crazy no, no. how I the, mean, Ted, the, the Kenby, movie makes Ted, it Kenby, one way, uh, saying he's in the car, but then the truth no, is he's he not in the car. He's not in the car. He had a broken neck uh, a year earlier. He was in a plane crash and was almost killed. He wasn't in the best shape. He was overweight. Uh, you know, one time they, they showed his rear bottom naked off of, uh, off of uh, you know, Cape Cod in a, in a, a Chris Craft uh, uh, wood grain motorboat inboard outboard and uh, obviously there was a woman probably underneath his bobbing butt and uh, the, the the headline said Senator Kennedy explores a new position on offshore drilling okay so I mean this was this this was this was the you know and I got to know the guy later and I'll tell you what he was not a bad he, he's the kind of guy you'd like to have a drink with okay uh, but, right. uh, you know, that, there've been a lot of books written about Chappaquiddick and, uh, this, and she was, uh, one of Bobby Kennedy's favorite operatives when he ran for president. She was very yep. well respected. They, yep. There was a name for him. They called him, I forget what they called these women that worked for Bobby, but there was a name for him. And, uh, and they were, they were all together that night having a reunion. And, uh, so things weren't what they appeared. He was not a murderer. He was a guy who right. covered something up. And uh, it cost him the White House, quite frankly. So uh, uh, he paid a price too. But what a what a terrible thing for that young lady to be trapped in that car uh, for as long as she was. So well, and, now, uh, now you know, let me now let me ask you this: Was she the only person in that car that night? Uh, yes. Well, he had he had been in the car part of the way, and and then the, the way the the geography works, he was able to. Um, get um, um, she let him out of the car part of the way to the bridge and he was able to cut across uh, on the land he walked a block or two blocks wherever it was caught the ferry which was some distance from where the from where this bridge was she was not aware of the fact the bridge took a strong turn I think to the right I mean you're going left and then all of a sudden the bridge goes right and she went she right. went off the bridge she oversteered and ended up to the right of the bridge in about 18 feet of water and uh she was they think she might have lived in that car for four or five hours and so uh, tra- tragedy for everybody concerned and uh but the kennedys you know i mean if you really want to get into it you might ask uh people that were aldermen in Chicago in 1960, what happened to a lot of the votes that were cast well, down state Illinois. You know, you know what I'm going to do? Never got... you know, oh, oh, keep going. Sorry. Oh. No, I, the Kennedys play for keeps. And you know, the irony of the whole thing, I don't know if you believe in karma or not, but two of them ended up oh, yeah. with it. 
with their heads shot off. Okay. And, uh, yeah. you know, so, and, and the whole thing about Maryland, I know people, I know Daryl Gates, he was a, a speaker uh, at my pack out in LA a number of times. He was the, you know, yeah. at, at the time uh, of the Kennedy assassination and also when Marilyn uh, was assassinated, okay, and I, I you, you should know she didn't, uh, she was killed, uh, she was whacked by somebody, okay, at age 34, I might add, uh, yeah. less than a year after. Suicide. She, uh, beg your pardon? He didn't come, I thought he committed suicide. Well, that's the that's the narrative, okay? Uh, that's like the that's guy that Vince Foster committed left. suicide by shooting himself in the back of the head. But you know, it's it's uh, you know, there oh, there 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 are different stories to these things. And Valerie, I don't want to insult your intelligence with anything, but uh, there's there are stories about the Reagan assassination that that claim there was a second gunman there, and I don't think these things well, are necessarily all. What, what we're gonna uh, ha- what we're gonna have to do is we're gonna have to do a whole show based on all of these conspiracy theories, and we're gonna have to debunk them one by one because. We could talk about this. I know myself. I could talk about this for 12 hours straight. Rory, I I just have one more comment. I'd like next week to tell everybody about the presidential cruise of the Caribbean that took place with Eisenhower, Nixon, Carter, Clinton, and Kennedy on the cruise. Okay? And we'll we'll talk about what happened on that cruise. It's just – it's an amazing thing. So uh, it's a little bit of a story, obviously. But but, uh, there are some pretty funny – innuendos in it anyhow but um, these guys are i mean you've got every woman in the world throwing themselves at you the real story about jack kennedy was how stupid he was because well he was uh you know who's making love to your old lady well you're out making love well jackie was out in hollywood with william holden and gregory peck and paul newman and marlon brando and warren Beatty. okay uh she uh she got around a little bit on her own so uh you know, wow. there's two sides to that, that, you know, they weren't quite as pristine as they appeared and, uh, in the press. And Clint, everything you're saying is 100% reliable. You know why I know? Because you've been in the radio and the political industry since the 70s. You've been doing this for so long. You've been an insider. You've worked for Bush. You worked for Reagan. You worked for a lot of different people, Bush, Reagan, other uh, different politicians. You've interviewed every politician that's ran for the presidency in the last 30 years on your show. You've also interviewed a lot of senators, a lot of congressmen. So you, I mean, you have all the inside information. On I, it. so you know, it, 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 it's, it's so it's, crazy. It, and the other panelists are, are are more distinguished than I am. I just I've been kind of a Forrest Gump character on a lot of these things. Yeah. And all I can tell yeah. you is Kennedy sent his wife on a worldwide tour of India and South America right. and a bunch of other places. Right. And while she's right. over there touring, of course, he's got right. fiddle and battle in the White House pool, and he's got Kennedy's sister upstairs in the Lincoln bedroom. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Okay. It's a, a – I could talk about this all night. I could talk about this all night. I mean, if I wasn't on a time clock right now and we didn't have to end the show – but everybody stay on the line. I want to get everybody where they can find you. So, Clint, you start. Tell everybody where they can find you. Well, uh, at the present time, I'm still at uh, with this local group that bought my Salem station, but I'm working on a deal to uh, nationally re-syndicate the program. But right now I'm at uh, 
uh, our website is uh, 1420kotk.com, and uh, I'm on from 4 to 6 Central Time every every afternoon, every weekday afternoon, and uh, I do some other other things uh, on the web as, as well, and uh, uh, I'm delighted to be on Rory's show. And I would love to have I'd love to have all of you on my show. You're all great guests, and uh, wow, I really feel like I've learned some things tonight. And uh, and I, I'm very happy to hear that Miss uh, AOC is not the complete blithering lunatic that I she might be, but I, I think she's a decent person. But she's been a doctor. They made a Manchurian out of her, so she's a doctor. Propaganda. Hey, hey, Clint, I do want to I do want to say, and I think it's probably you know fair to say that uh, you know you and I have been talking, and uh, you know some at some point in the in the near future, in the coming months, uh, you'll probably be joining us at the Next Gen USA with your show on our network. I'm delighted, and uh, really, I I've really enjoyed these guests tonight. And Valerie, it's always great to hear you. And, uh, you know, and there Thank was a great group well. of people in the Reagan White House, you know, and uh, I was very much on the periphery of all that. But great people. Absolutely. They were all great people. And, uh, you hey, know, and, yeah. uh, you know, so, I mean, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you how powerful Nancy Reagan was. And you know this, Valerie. Uh, Don he Reagan became the chief of staff, and uh, he was yep. chief of staff in 86. Nancy Reagan didn't like him. He'd been he'd he been the him. chief the CEO at, at Merrill Lynch. Nancy Reagan got him bounced out of there in about four days. Okay, Clint, so uh, Clint, I, Clint, I could I could listen to you. Clint, I could listen to you talk all day. I love this, but we are on a timer. I got a couple. Well, I need, I'll, need I'll to tell every. I, no, stay stay on stay on. But I just need to tell everybody have everybody say where people can find them. So Valerie, go ahead. SkyRaceSecurity.com. And my, you can find me at um, backyardzihad.com. Gianni, go that. ahead. I love that. You can find That's me on my, Facebook my at G- You can find me on uh, Facebook at Gianni Rodriguez Dash Paris. Gianni Rodriguez with the Z Dash Paris. And on Twitter, you can find me underscore Gianni Paris double R's. Excellent. And cool. Josh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead and give me a follow on Instagram, if you may, at J-O-S-H-H-L-A-V-H-E-Y. And uh, uh, Senator Milkovich, uh, tell everybody where they can find you. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my last eight seconds to remind everybody that John F. Kennedy is the one that pulled the plug on the Federal Reserve Bank and said the government, the Congress is going to start issuing dollars. Yep. And, uh, yep. yep. Excellent. Excellent, excellent. Okay. Hey, but, great to uh, be on the show, Lori. And every, Sen- and Senator, like, Senator, where can everybody find your website and book? Well, uh, Robert Mueller, Errand Boy. RobertMuellerErandBoy.com. <laughs> love it, love excellent. it, love okay. it. Sounds good. And uh, uh, Senator Malkovich, we'll have you back on next week. It's always a pleasure. Hey, buddy. My, yeah, thank you, Rory. Thank you, thank you, gang. You did a great job. Yeah, great some great uh, points brought up tonight. Absolutely. Take care. All right. Absolutely. Good night. I want to. I want to thank everyone for tuning in tonight. It's been a fantastic show. We've had great guests. We got so many topics addressed. Um, you know, I do want to say 
that uh, the people listening in all 21 different countries, truly an honor. You guys are amazing. My fans, uh, my co-hosts, my sponsors, um, you know, just all of you. I mean, it's been a great ride, and we just keep getting better and better every single day. So, you know, I, I, we have a lot to look forward to. Um, there'll be a lot more uh, in the news over the weekend and coming next week. And uh, I can't wait to share it with all of you and shine my light and give my insight and, uh, you know, bring on all my great guests and uh, keep entertaining you all because it's, it's truly uh, such a blessing having all of your support. Um, and as always, we're downloadable in 21 different countries. You can find us at Find us on over 40 different platforms online, The Rory Sodder Show. I hope you all have a great weekend. Um, God bless you all. Cheers. We'll see you next week.